Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Praise God. I've got Miss Ramona Hill. Miss Ramona is a, yeah, go ahead and give her a hand. She is a spiritual mom to me personally, but she's also just, uh, she's one of the big reasons, she is the reason we're in Native American missions as a church and focused on that. Uh, we leave the day after Christmas to go to Arizona and to Sibiquiu, to the White Mountain Apache people. And uh, I'm just honored she's, that she's here. I'm honored that she gets to speak into uh, this homecoming night and to our future. And I'm just grateful for her. She has prayed and prayed and, and, and spoke words of life and wisdom, not only to me, but over this church for, for many years now. And I'm just very, very grateful. So would you just put your hands together and welcome Miss Ramona Hill. Thank you. Wow. You know, I was thinking about um, Jubilee and Jubilee time 50, but times two is 100. And so debts were canceled and slaves were free. Wow. So this year debts have been canceled. So looking forward to see what God has. But tonight, um, man... The prophetic is in the house. You know, I'm blessed to have, like, I guess, I don't know, I have open visions. So I've already seen two tonight. So if you haven't had one yet, just when the Spirit of God begins to move, He'll show you things. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. I mean, it just comes. And so the prophetic is powerful in this house. You get around other prophetic and it just kind of rubs off on you. And uh, so, anyway, it's, it's in the house tonight. So I just uh, challenge you, before you leave tonight, somewhere in this service, ask God to, to show you what He wants you to see. Not what you want to see, but what He wants to show you in this house. Because the prophetic is powerful tonight. Well, I've changed my message three times. And if anybody knows me, know that's no secret. They've been in service with me. So. But I want to start tonight by just, um, I don't know. Um, I want to start back where, I guess in January, when um, we were coming back from CBQ on December the 30th of last year. And I get a call that my daughter-in-law is going into labor with their fourth boy. And believe me, they're done. They've got four boys, no girls coming. I've got all these other girls out here in the house. But anyway, uh, I get a call. Get there. Try to, I'm trying to come back from CBQ. I get home, and they bring him home from the hospital. And a few days later, we are in NICU in, in Fort Worth at Cook's Hospital. And we're there for the whole month of January. And during that process of time that he was there, uh, he was on oxygen, all the machines. But my son told me, I'm going somewhere with this, that, um, Mom, there were three days that I literally, I know that I fought for my son's life. 
He said, it was, every time I walked into the room, it was cold. He said, of course they keep it cold there, but he said it was a different cold. He said, so for three days, I know that death and life were both in that room. And there was a, a, a challenge. And there was a fight. And I never will forget that during that time, they had worked on him off and on, off and on, off and on. Machines would go off. And his heart, or he had, his lungs were not developed, but his heart and everything was being affected. And uh, I was at home with the other three boys, and the little one had my phone. And he was going through my phone, and this song came on called Breathe. And I began to declare breath to breathe into that baby's lungs. And I said, God, you breathe oxygen. Not the oxygen from the machine, but you breathe your oxygen into your breath. Because he wouldn't be breathing if you didn't breathe into him anyway. But you breathe into this baby. And long story short, he's healthy, fat, and into everything and doing good. But I brought that up tonight to that, you know, on one side of the spectrum, that's what I'm hearing about the church. They've reduced many places, you know, I've traveled all over and been in ministry my whole life. So many have reduced to a Sunday morning service for two hours. They close the door at noon, and the door's not reopened until the next Sunday. So I feel like there's a fight. This this is going to be this is a good fight because we're going to win. Because it's coming back after Victoria's church, by the way. But there's a fight right now. And I feel like the church body in itself as a whole is on oxygen. But then on the other spectrum, I know what the Word says. And I know what the Holy Spirit says that He's going to do in the last days. And I know that there is a great church that's going to rise. But in the middle of this, somebody's got to start somewhere. Why not here? Why not begin the change here? Why not make it look different here? Why can't you be the change? That begins to turn this that you say, well, I, we're just here in El, Dor- El Dorado. El Dorado, sorry. <laughs> Texas. Yeah, thank you. I, I will, we'll blame it on Texas. <sighs> no, don't get me started. I love Texas. <laughs> but why not you be the change? Why not it start here? And so I wrote down... And I'm going to read because I wanted comfortable has become a normal approach. Predictable praise. 
The pattern of our approach to church has become so familiar and has accomplished things in the past, but I'm going to tell you, something's got to change. We are going to have to be willing to go where others weren't willing to do. You will have to do things others are unwilling to do. Normal is nice, but normal will not get us to him any longer. So as I was preparing my message for tonight, and God just really just began to downpour this into me, I want you to go to Mark, the fifth chapter, and I want to talk about, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark, the second chapter. And I want to talk about the four guys who tore the roof off. And I feel like there are four people, and a lot more than four in here tonight, that are going to be that, that church that is willing to tear the roof off to get to him. Because I assure you there were lots of people standing in line that day to walk through the door to get to Jesus. But there was somebody over here that wasn't normal that decided to climb up on top of the roof, and which some of us would call them crazy. But they were crazy enough to climb up there to cut a hole in the roof at somebody's house and to let a guy down so that he could be healed. But I guarantee you, if you have situations come, if you have sickness come, if you have family situations come, we're not going to look for the normal. I'm going to look for the four. If I need a miracle, I want somebody that knows how to get to God. I want a four or a three or however many is in my crowd. And I want you to just look around you because I assure you there are four around you sitting right now that would be willing to cut a hole in the roof so that you could find Jesus. Come on, just look around. Look around in this house tonight. See, that's not the normal church. The normal church has been, has been satisfied with the three songs. Okay, y'all want me to preach tonight, but that's, I, I'm just going to say what's on my heart. Because I feel like we're on oxygen, and the Holy Spirit is about to breathe into the room. And something's about to change the atmosphere for the body of Christ. And because we couldn't keep going the way that we were going. So something had to change. Is anybody with me? You see, Jesus still wants to heal. Jesus still wants to set the captive free. Jesus still wants to heal cancer. He still wants to heal disease. He still wants to put marriages back together. He still wants to save the drug addict and the alcoholic. He still wants to do those things. But we have been so familiar with the norm. And God is looking for somebody, a church, Armory, you know what armory is? It's a place where weapons were held, 
were camped where soldiers went to choose their weapon so they could go back out into the battlefield so that they could do some war. And I want to tell you, if you're going to be called the armory, there's, there's going to be weapons that people are going to come into this house and pick up. It may be a weapon of praise. It could be the sword of the spirit. But there are weapons that people are going to come and they're not just going to keep them in here, but they'll take them outside of here. Because the soldiers didn't go into an armory just to grab that weapon and just say, okay, I've got it, and just walk out with it. And No, they, they chose them so that they could do battle. So that they could do battle. But you see, something has to change. <laughs> you know... Uh, Normally, you, you listen as the worship sings, but maybe God wants us to also sing. I normally take notes on Sunday, but maybe God wants the church to dig deeper when we get home with a message. We normally pray during service and maybe a little bit during the week, but maybe God wants us to to fall on our face and pray at, at the altars and in our altars at home and pursue him in a way that we haven't done it in a long time. What normal is God wanting to tear up so that others can get to him? What road is someone talked tonight about John the Baptist, about paving the way. Somebody's got to pave the way again. And I believe God is calling this church to do that. Verse 3 says in chapter 2, Mark 2, verse 3, it says, They come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born, which meant carried of the four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, because there were so many people, what did they do? They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let him down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, and Jesus saw their faith, and he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven. But of course, we have the scribes and begin to reason in their heart, why would Pastor Chester and Cross Life, which is now the armory, choose to sell a huge building to buy a, a church over here and call it the armory. I'm sure that's been said. Why would he choose to change locations after all these years and now find himself here? You see, I've listened at his heart and talked to him enough to know he doesn't want this to be the normal church. I know you don't want this to be the normal church. Come on. How many in here in your heart knows that the body of Christ needs something to happen? Come on, let me see your hand. How many wants the Holy Spirit to breathe again? Come on. And the church become alive again. Not just on a Sunday morning service when the song is being sung. But alive outside the walls. Alive in the First Nation people. Alive in the community here. Alive wherever God is sending you. 
That's what I feel in my spirit. And here these four were willing to let down the roof. And Jesus took notice. You see, Jesus takes notice when people do things out of the norm. I got to say that again. Jesus takes notice when people does things that are outside the norm. He notices when others might think you're crazy for doing a thing, but he's asked you to do it. You see, I remember uh, tonight earlier we were in the room talking. He was talking about CBQ, and many of you have heard my testimony about the suicide rate. Crazy. Seven and eight-year-old kids hanging themselves. And on up. They would mock their brothers or sisters. It was crazy. They sent Duke University and several of the high universities down there to study the pattern of why suicide was so bad in CBQ. And I remember coming home off of a trip, and after every trip, you just have to be in my house because I'm going to cry for the first couple of weeks after I get home. That's just what I do. Terry walked into the room and he's like, you're going to have to get a hold of yourself. You cannot do this. You have to know my husband. You can't do this every time we come back from CBQ. I said, why can't I? He's like, you're a mess. I said, I can't help it. I'm only there twice a year. What, 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 why can't I do more? And I remember, why can't I tear the roof off? Come on. Why can't, I I don't want to be a normal missionary. Why can't I just tear the roof off and we see God move? So you know what I did after he told me that? It sparked something in me. I said, all right, God. This is me and you. I closed my office upstairs, and I just started seeking him every day. What do you want me to do? I'm only there two weeks out of a year. How do we break that generation? We're talking like Apache generation. This was generation after generation of curse that was upon this land. Sandra's here. She can tell you. You know what he told me to do? He gave me a plan. You see, if you really get desperate with God, he'll give you a plan. He said, you take water, put you some oil in it, and then some of them got a little bit excited, and they wanted to put salt in it. I said, we'll put whatever in it. He said, walk the streets and pour it out. And declare that I'm God in this community. So we got our little group together. Ashley, was you there? We got our little group. I don't remember how many of us. And we walked the streets of Sibiku. And we began to watch and hear from tribal leaders. Not just spirit-filled people. But from people who still practice their tradition very strong. All of a sudden, we begin to hear that suicide rate got about half. I wasn't satisfied. 
I'm not, I wasn't satisfied because that meant there was still one out there that was committing suicide. So we kept praying. All of a sudden, no, no suicide. See, why, why am I telling this story tonight? Because when you get ready to see God move and you're ready to tear the roof off and you, you, it just takes four, five, two or three of you gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of also. God spoke to me that there are four in this house tonight. There are eight in this house tonight. There's 16 in this house tonight that is willing to, and they're not happy with the norm, that is willing to tear the roof off to get to Jesus so somebody can get saved, so somebody can be delivered, so somebody can be healed. One more, one more quick story because you get me excited when I start talking about the reservation. We walk into the gym, and their gym has no electricity, no running water. And up on the rafters, you can see up there where people are sitting. And Sandra, or Terry and I walk in, and there's a guy, and he's stiff, and he's between boards, and he, he's, he's dead. He, he, I mean, he's not moving. His color, his color's gone, and he's stiff. I said, "Go get Sander. Where's Sander at?" And Terry said, well, "What are y'all gonna do?" And they took a stick and was, you know, trying to poke him, and like the way his body was, you could tell he was already stiff. This little girl right here, wave your hand. She's crazy enough to tear the roof off. She started hitting that wall. In the name of Jesus, death, I rebuke you. I mean, she started screaming at the top of her. We're not going to lose another person here in Sibicue, Arizona. And she just started hitting that brick wall as hard as she could, or that wall right there in front of us, as hard as she could. And we started rebuking death. We said, we're not have it. You cannot have this young man. All of a sudden, he just did like this. I'm glad somebody else was there so they don't think I'm crazy, but I don't care if you think I'm crazy or not. <laughs> he jumped up, looked around. He thought we were crazy. He jumped down and took off running into the woods. <laughs> True story. I know God brought him back to life. I know he was gone. But you see, you got to have people around you that are prophetic and crazy enough that are willing to tear the roof off, to pray until something happens, to, to, to get in a position, and I believe this church, God is positioned in this church, in this area, and in this community not just this church, but people in this community. I saw your heart tonight. He's positioning people in this community that are, are just crazy enough that if something happens, they'll say, all right, let's go tear the roof off. 
We know the King. We know the Savior. We know the Healer. We know the Redeemer. We know the man who still can breathe life where death is. We know him. You have to have those people around you. Come on. You need those people around you. And I feel like that's where God is taking this church to a different level to people who are crazy enough that'll say, let us pray. Or be, let, let us not just be the three songs and a sermon. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the Holy Spirit to once again breathe his breath, oxygen into the into that nick you where the church has been and say we're still alive you see even though my son was fighting those three days there was still breath in my grandson he was still breathing the breath was shallow but it's still there it was still there and I want you to know a lot of people are looking right now at the church and they're just saying well it's just it's it's over it's gone but I guarantee you we're still breathing there's still breath in us there's still breath in the body of Christ It is not over. Yes, we've seen great things. But the Bible tells me the latter end shall be greater than the former. The Bible tells me that in the last days, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And upon my handmaidens and my servants, I will pour out my spirit. I still have something to hold on to. That there's still breath in the body. And we ain't done yet. We are not done yet. Because when Jesus sees our faith in the middle of everything that's going on, he's going to take notice. He's going to say, look, uh, I still hear the church breathing down there. Somebody still believes I can. Somebody still believes in miracles. Oh, let me me find somebody. Somebody still believes that the lame can still walk. Somebody still believes that the blind can still see. Somebody still believes that somebody who's been on drugs for all their whole life can walk away from it and be set free. Somebody still believes in this house that God can do the impossible, that can walk into a hospital. I'm going to talk back here because I see a bunch of you nodding your head with me. We're in the hospital where there's a baby laying. He can walk in there where death is and say, no, it's, you're not going to die, but you're going to live and declare the works of the Lord. You see, the church is going to live again and we're going to declare the works of God. That floor that tore off the roof. Let me finish this passage. As great as some of the revivals have been, Brownsville, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, A.A. Allen, William Branham. I still have to believe that 
we're going to see even greater. He doesn't take you from great to go backwards. I got to say that again. He doesn't take you to a place where you've seen these things to go backwards. God is never in the backwards. He's always moving forward. He doesn't take you to a place to, for us, I don't believe we should, we should look at, at the, the revivals and the things that have happened and, and be, still be amazed by it and wondered by it. But I'm also wondered that of the present and the things that are to come because I have to believe in my heart I will see the, the greatest days that I've ever seen is yet ahead of me. And so these four were crazy enough to tear off the roof, even though Jesus said, okay, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees began, what does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned with themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your heart? Is it easier to say the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk? Why have we fought over so many stinking things? I'm sorry I said stinking. Maybe that's a Texas thing. But we have fought over so many things. I just want him. Matt, I just want to see him. And if it means that I got to do something different, is it all right if I preach this way? I guess it is. That means if I got to praise a little bit louder, if I got to worship a little bit different, or if I got to dig deeper, if I got to pray more, if I got to seek him more, whatever it takes to get to him, that's where we should be. Whatever we have to do to get there as a body, as a whole, because we always say what we have to do, what I have to do, but I think it's what we have to do. I don't think it's about just the I or the denomination or the, I'm sorry, no, I'm not. Or or whatever it is. I don't think it's about that anymore. I think it's about what we, the body, has to do to get him again. He's there. He wants to move. He wants to do exploits in the last days, and he's going to do those exploits, by the way. But he said that you may know that the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sins. I say unto thee, and he looked at him, Arise, take up your bed, and go thy way in your house. And immediately he rose up, took up the bed, and went forth before them. Insomuch they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it in this fashion. That's my word. I want to say, I've never saw it in this fashion. I have never saw God move this way. 
you know, I've been in the ministry my whole entire life. My parents, it's just been a generational thing. I've been so blessed that it's been handed down to me. And I've seen, you know, and heard of so many stories of the miraculous and things that have happened. But I want to be able to say before I leave this earth, I've never... Come on, who's hungry? Let me find you in this house. Is anybody over here? Come on. Who wants to say, I've never, I've never seen him move in this fashion? That's deep. Because we've seen a lot of things. Anybody? I will agree to me. We've seen a lot of wonderful things. But they're yet to come. And as I get close to closing, that last deal is what God really stood out to me that he wanted me to leave the armory. Go after what others haven't. That you can say, we've never seen him move like this before. And that's a lot. Because a lot of us have saw great things. A lot of us have seen people saved, delivered, miracles. But I believe that God wants to take this body and this church and this community, not just this church, but this whole community, wherever you're at, Cleegee, I don't see you, shift. I believe that you want to, God wants to amaze you, that you say, I've never seen him move this way before. I've never seen the drug addicts get saved the way they're getting saved. I've never seen the alcoholic be able to lay it down so easy that they've laid it down and walk away from it. I've never seen the believers so on fire for God that we hear people in the grocery store, in the hospital, come on, in the mall that people are getting saved or people are getting prayed for and healed. It don't matter if they ever step foot in our church or not. It's the fact that we're taking the gospel outside of these four walls and we're being what he intended the church to be all along that we come in here we get armed in here we pick up the army that God has armed us with and we don't just lay it down when we walk out that door but we take it with us and we're fully armed to lay hands on the sick we're fully armed to pray for somebody if they need delivered we're fully armed to lead somebody to Christ if they want to know him that we're just not armed and and patty caked in here that we walk out fully armed with our weapons. Come on. I told Pastor I, when he called me this week, I said, you know, I may just wear uh, my camouflage, my whole armor suit, <laughs> army suit, and I decided not to do that. I was just wore my camouflage pants. <laughs> but we need to be armed and ready so that we can say, 
We've never seen God move in this fashion. We've seen him move, but we've never saw him do this in this fashion. What does that look like? That ain't up for me to decide. Quit trying to figure him out because you're not. What does that look like? It looks like us just being obedient and saying yes. It looks like us just saying, hey, I'll tear the roof off if if it's to get to him. I'll sing at the top of my lungs if it means to get to him. I'll praise when everybody else is sitting down because I need a miracle. What does that look like? It looks like us pursuing him instead of him always trying to pursue us or cheerleading us to get us to stand on our feet to worship or to get us to do something. We, Oh, come on. He's been uh, cheerleading us to do all these things. Wouldn't it be nice once again that we just pursued him? and chased him and cut the roof off to find him. And once we get to him, I assure you, everything that you have need of takes place in his atmosphere and in his presence. Whatever you have need. Okay. I want to make sure I read what God gave me. Notice the crowd said, we've never seen anything like this before. I declare to you tonight that when you get with your four, your eight, your 20, whatever it is, and you bust the move out of the norm, you will hear this, that statement being made on a daily basis. Not just a Sunday basis, but a daily basis. They're never going to say that if... You just do what you have always done. Find your four and get to Jesus. Bust a move that you will not be able to follow the crowd because you have followed the cloud. Find your way. Find your people that are hungry for him just as... As much as you are. Nothing. is impossible. When you find those people around you. That want God as badly as you do. I gotta say that again. Because I'm looking across this crowd. And it's just like a sponge. Nothing. Is impossible. With God. That's what the scripture says. For with God all things are possible. But when you get around people who believe that statement as much as you believe it. Who want God as much as you want him. There's just something about the atmosphere that changes Just like tonight, go ahead and start my music. The moment that we met back here in this little room, I felt the prophetic and the atmosphere. God just began to show me things, show me a foundation. I'll I'll, I'll share more 
and then he can tell you. I saw a foundation of 100 years. I saw the building, the foundation, and how God just built on that. God is always building on something. And he's wanting to build again. You know, he told him and Peter when they had that discussion upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But when you get around the atmosphere, and you get around those people you see, I want to I have four friends just like that. I don't know about you. I don't want the, the one standing out here in the crowd waiting to get in. I want the four that says, excuse me, we're going to find a way. Excuse me. we just going to excuse us. You know, have you ever like been in a crowd wanting to see somebody and you say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, trying to get up there to the front so you can get an autograph or a picture taken or whatever. I, I, I want the four tonight. I know you're in this house. This is Mona. If you need a miracle, we'll cut the roof off for you. Come on. I want the four in this house that says, uh, if you in the back, and we don't even know your name, but if you need a miracle, guess what? We'll cut the roof off for you. We might not even know your name or know where you're from or, or where you live, but that's all right. If you need a miracle, I'll be one of those four to help you. God's looking for those four, not just people around you that you know, but he wants us to be that four, even for the unknown, even for that one that still needs Jesus. Where we can say, we have never seen God move in this fashion. Stand with me.